0: Welcome to You're Like Really Pretty, where we bring social influencing back to 1774. Where there were no filters. Where there were no filters, but a lot of portraits.
1: Yes, and not a lot of bathroom
0: etiquette. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Lizzie. And I'm Jen. And we are here today to talk about Marie Antoinette. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about her just because she is, she's one of these women that I feel like we have to talk about, right? Um, when we talk about, you know, women judging other women and just how, you know, this has literally existed for like hundreds of years and how we can kind of learn from those mistakes even way back then and maybe translate it into what we're doing today. Um, so, and her story is pretty Incredible. I learned a lot. I kind of feel like the uh, public education system of Chelmsford, Massachusetts, did me a disservice because there is a lot that I did not know, not just about Marie Antoinette, but about the French Revolution. There's this war called the Seven Years' War. Never heard of that. Um, So, yeah, so we're going to, it's a little bit of a history lesson as well as a lesson about just like being a better human. I love it. I love it. Um, so, so Jen, when you hear Marie Antoinette, like what are what do you know about her? Like what do you, what comes to your mind for front and foremost?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think like those beautiful pastel colors, like that palette of just like soft pinks because I'm Definitely thinking of Kirsten Dunst. Uh,
0: yeah, which I've never even seen that movie, but that's just what I think. You know of. it. I, have, I didn't see it either. I thought maybe I would have gotten a chance to watch it, but I didn't. But I know the, the movie title. Yeah, so I think when I
1: think of Marie Antoinette, it's like I think of an aesthetic, color palette, mm. uh, mm-hmm. soft, satiny, silky, like textures. Uh, I do know... That her story is a lot more dark than one would expect, but I don't know too much about the lead-in in in that, and so I'm really excited to get the full dish uh, beyond
0: (laughs) the let them eat cake story. (laughs) Oh, we're going to get into that, too. Okay, So, uh, yeah, and feel free to chime in because a lot of what I'm going to talk about is the story of a lot of women today, especially celebrities today, how we view them, how we treat them, how we talk about them. Um, Before I started researching her, I literally knew the let them eat cake quote. I didn't even know like what was behind it. I just knew it was something that she had said. That was it. Um, I didn't know that she was the last queen of France. I didn't know that she was like the last queen. So she was executed during the French revolution, you know, and they completely restructured their government from there. So she was literally the last queen of France. Um, I didn't know that she was beheaded. That was something I learned. Um, and yeah, so and that her time like coincided with the French Revolution. Like they were two s- totally separate things in my mind. Like the, I, I had no idea that like her reign coincided with the French Revolution. Um, The main thing I remember hearing about her growing up was that she was very, very wealthy, very out of touch. And while people in France were starving, um, that's when she said the famous, like, let them eat cake quote, because she was, like, so out of touch and just, like, was like, ta-da! If they can't have bread, then let them eat cake. How, like, during
1: COVID, the celebrities were all like, oh, this is no big deal being socially
0: distanced yeah. in their luxury homes. and Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. And all It's like, just make the best of it in your 8,000 square foot home with your three pools and seven alpacas. Like, yeah. And movie theaters. In movie theaters. And- like, sure, I could, I'll do that now. Like, just give me the space. <laughs>
1: Just imagining Ellen DeGeneres, like, roller skating all around her house and dancing up to, like, pools.
0: <laughs> and so that is kind of how people felt about Marie Antoinette, right? This She's just royal. She's totally out of touch. Like, she's, just, she's very vapid. Like, that's literally all I knew about her. She was a queen. She was really rich at a time when people were poor and starving. That's all I know about her. Um, but what I find so interesting about this story is how it still resonates um, so heavily with women, especially famous women and how they're treated today. Um, this isn't to say that she doesn't have her faults and that there was you know, poor decisions made, which we all do. Um, but what I think will come up today is how we as a society love the downfall and destruction of women, especially women of celebrity and women in power. It was true 250 years ago. And sadly, I think it is still very true today. Um, I know whether this woman is extremely talented, she's smart, she's beautiful, she's all of the above, you know, she's a triple threat, like society, we're obsessed with their eventual breakdown. And sometimes we will force it upon them if it doesn't happen organically. Cough, Britney Spears, cough.
1: (sighs) You do see actually weird timing Reese Witherspoon actually just came out with in an article talking about how she and Britney Spears had a lot of similarities uh, during that time, including like an arrest and uh, getting divorced. But, how the media framed them was so differently, and so mm-hmm. the trajectories and the way those story and narrative continues
0: is wildly different, so you've got wildly like- different because they were painted differently because Bree Witherspoon was she was your girl next door, she was America's sweetheart, she was one everyone loved, and then when Britney first came out she was she was too provocative and she was too sexual, and she was giving kids like the bad um you know bad influence, so it that makes complete sense that that's how they would you know have two different narratives for two women that are going through the exact same thing at the exact same time um so let's talk a little bit about who she was as a person like let's get into marie antoinette Um, so she was born november 2nd uh 1755 she's a scorpio Mm -hmm. um i just wanted to put that in there because i actually find it very um interesting because if you don't know like anything about scorpios um they are very artistic They are very secretive. They're very dreamy. They're very dynamic. Like they have this presence. They could be completely left alone or they can shine in the limelight. Um, But they prefer to spread a little mystery. So kind of very fits into how she kind of rules a little bit later. Um, So she was the youngest daughter of 15 children. Uh, her 15. mother, 15, um, not all of them survived, obviously, but her mother, uh, Maria Teresa so. of Austria, was the queen of Austria, um, had 15 children. God yes. bless her. <laughs> For like 20 years, this woman was like rearing or <laughs> birthing or just taking care of children. So, um, um, and from all aspects actually maria theresa was a very formidable woman like for the time especially like she was very involved in the politics of her country like she was very dominant i don't say domineering in the bad way but she was like this is how we're going to get shit done especially during the seven years war like she had a very heavy hand in that how they um how they went about it and um that was more her focus than than raising her children like she was like Mm -hmm. okay i have the kids like someone else is going to take care of them off you go i guess i got shit to take care of there's like a war going on All right. She wasn't taking a back seat. She wasn't taking a back seat. Um, so Marie Antoinette, uh, being the youngest daughter was actually never expected to make such a formidable, formidable marriage as the one that she made to France. Um, uh, first because that time, um, when Marie Antoinette was born, um, Austria is actually at war with France. Um, that's during the seven years war, which we'll talk about a couple of times. That's like actually really important to what happens to uh, Marie Antoinette down the line. Um, Uh, And she had a bunch of older sisters. So they're like, we're good. If we need to marry someone and to make an alliance, like we are good. We got plenty. So basically she's like the Ariel
1: of Austria. She's
0: the Ariel of Austria. (laughs) All right, gotcha. she is seeing it. And that honestly, that's actually a great analogy because so this actually has a huge impact to you on how she's brought up because they're like, you know, like when they think that they're going to, you know, have a daughter that's going to like marry into, you know, um, a Royal family, they teach her a lot. So they teach her different languages. They'll teach her about some foreign policy, a lot about etiquette. Um, you know, the way that they're educated is very different. Uh, but when it came to Marie Antoinette, they were like, Again, whatever. Like she loves the arts. She loves music. She loves dancing. Like she just loves being creative and she, she, her focus is not on like, you know, reading, writing and arithmetic. Like she just, and they let her go with it. They're like, yeah, she's like, like leaned into her Scorpio side. Yeah, she leaned into her Scorpio side big time. And they so they're like, yeah, whatever. Again, 15th child. Like I, is, is she still around? Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It gets easy to lose track at like lose track. seven, don't know, seven <laughs> eight, who knows? Um, but what ends up happening is that um one of her older sisters is meant to marry Ferdinand IV of Naples, but sadly she dies from smallpox. Mm-hmm. So the next oldest daughter ends up going to Naples to marry him, and um so then what ends up happening is that daughter would have ended up going to France. To marry the Dauphine, which is Louis XVI. Um, at that time, he was the grandson of the king of France. Um, but the ten- so eventually the seven-year war ends. And to solidify the alliance and say that the war is over. Because like a weird thing that they did then. They were like, let's just like marry our kids. And that says that we're good. Like everything's fine. Wait, so pause. The yes. war, the seven-year war. Yes. so that, Austria so, yeah. versus France? Yeah, Usher um, is versus France and Britain. Britain was, like, okay. a huge part of it. Um, okay. Gotcha. It eventually, be, it kind of starts out with, like, so I am not a history buff, so if anyone is hearing this and they're, like, you fucking idiot that's not right i'm sorry <laughs> i did this research when i was recovering from nasal surgery and it was under anesthesia so some of this might be wrong i think most of it is right but yes so there is se- the seven years war um kind of starts between like britain and france over territory actually in america and then austria kind of gets involved becomes like this way bigger thing we're always in it we're always,
1: <laughs> we're somehow-, always in it.
0: <laughs> somehow we're always fucking in it yep <laughs> Not surprising. Um so eventually that ends. And so to say that the war is like that, like oh, we're all good, we're all friends now. Um, they end up sending Marie Antoinette to marry the Dauphine of France, who is Louis the Sixteenth, like I said, the grandson of the king at that time of France. I Um, saw a brief pause. Yes. The word Dauphine. I think it oh, I love it. it. Yeah, and basically, it's just like you know, king in waiting. Like it's just Ooh. like eventually, the Dauphin, he will be king of France. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we must powder
1: to his little bum. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, oh! I actually had a little note here. So, a little side note about the war too is that France is pretty much like devastated financially after it. They come out like real bad. They they lose hard. And um, so their, their country is essentially like in shambles. Like there's no, there's no money left. They've lost a lot of the, you know, their citizens, they've lost a lot of just money. And instead of saying like, okay, let's put it like back into our economy and like kind of grow people up again, they say, well, we lost the word of Britain because we didn't have enough naval ships. So let's spend all of our money there instead. So Yeah um so by by all accounts louis the 16th who marie antoinette marries his grandfather who was the king at the time of the seven-year war he's not a good leader he makes a lot of bad decisions this is kind of like the big one right like the country is really struggling and he focuses on building warships as opposed to like rebuilding the when they're not even at war when they're not even at war anymore like the war is over but he's like i'm still like he's pretty upset about it like he's having like a little hissy fit So just a little side note that's, that's going on in the background. Uh, (laughs) So at this time when they are arranged to get married, I think Marie Antoinette is 13 and Louis the 16th is 14 or like 14 and 15. Like they are pretty young um the time comes for them to be married what they do is they actually ride marie antoinette out into the forest between france and austria like literally like if there was like an imaginary line between the two on like this little island they meet there they have her change out of all of her clothes they have her change into like more of like french attire they actually change her name from maria antonia to marie antoinette because they are essentially like stripping her of everything French. Because they're like, even though you know you are a symbol of the, like our peace between France and Austria, we are stripping you of everything Austrian because people won't like you just for that fact. So we gotta like, you know, gonna get you rid of it. Um, she leaves behind her maids and probably the saddest of all is that she leaves behind her pug <laughs> named Mups. <laughs> Which, oh no! Oh why can't she bring
1: the dog? The dog has no, like the dog has no nationality.
0: (laughs) I almost didn't want to put it in there because it's so sad, but I had to bring it up. Like this was what they, this girl and she's, you know, she's 13, 14 years old. They are essentially like stripping her of everything she knows. Down to her goddamn pug. Under a dog. But like,
1: also she was never prepared for this. So it's not like her sisters who would have like been. Yes aware that this was going to happen in their life. She's a 13 year old girl who's like, I just like to do art and dance and play with my pug Mups, which by the way, what a cute name. Um, She was ill
0: prepared. Very ill prepared. Right. So imagine being 13. Like, I don't know if you knew who you were as a 13 year old, but I know that I didn't know who I was at 13. So I didn't know who I was as like a twenty six year old. I'm thirty two so, like, and still struggling. So, <laughs> yeah. So imagine right, like so she is literally like just being like completely told like you are not who you think you are anymore. And they're pretty much, like she's at this point they've pretty much decided she's like never going to see any of her family again. Like she corresponds with her mom. I think at some point she does see her brother. He comes for like a very brief visit later like, down the line. Um. So yeah. So. Um, so yeah, there's just a huge symbolism that I think that carries to about how just from a very young age, from a very young start, like she was like cast to be in this role. Like you are here to be like the next French queen. We are going to make you yeah. into, you're going to fit that little mold that we put you in like no matter what, um, Honestly, I'm like feeling actual, like rewinding a little bit, like yeah. Britney's, those vibes
1: because like when she was on the Disney channel, it's like, you're going to be this little sweetheart yep. and very cute and then when she had her career like this is how you're going to behave this is how you're
0: going to behave you're going to be sexy but not too sexy you're going to be this but not too this wow yeah and then just kind of being like figure it out figure out people's reception of you we're just putting you in. we're just putting you out there Um, without your dog without your dog without your emotional support animal All right. So um so after this whole thing in the woods, um they bring her to Versailles. And do you know about Versailles like a little bit? Isn't it like it's fashionable? Like that's what I think of like Versailles. So Versailles, um, um, I'll talk a little bit about it because it actually also, not only like there were so many things that led up to like what happened to her that were completely out of her control and were made based on the decisions of like the men around her. Um, Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a men hating podcast, but we just point out when shit happens. It's just the truth <laughs> It's just right. You know, it's, it's like just not, like the truth in the situation. Just the truth in the situation. Um, so Versailles was this like massive, opulent residence, uh, not only for the royal family, but uh, for like the royal court. Um, it was built by Louis the Fourteenth, um, so Louis the Sixteenth's grandfather. and he basically Are they all just named Louis. They're all just named Louis. Yeah. Okay. They're all, yeah. Even all right. if they have there's like no keeping track. No keeping track. There's so many of them. I had to like, and they're all like the fucking Roman numerals. So I'm Googling like what does XIV mean in you, oh, normal numbers? So there's more of them than Marie Antoinette siblings, which is hard to believe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's probably, it's a, it's like, it's a ways outside of Paris. Like it's outside the city. Like it takes a while to get there. Um, so it's not even, so like the, the Royal family isn't even living in the capital of France. Like they want to be very like disconnected from like the riffraff. Right. Um, So basically, it's this very, like, it's this huge place. And it's basically built to house, like, all their royal, the nobles and the ladies and everyone who works there. Um, So Louis XIV, his feeling was that if everyone and everything that could possibly usurp him or his power was around him, he'd know about it first. So basically, like, he wants to control the gossip and he wants to control the narrative. So he just moves everyone that he thinks is important to Versailles but has no idea what is going on in Paris and like the rest of his country. Wow. Cause he knows he fucked up. Like he knows he did a shitty job. Like they lost the war. Things are not going good. And he's like, well, the only people that could usurp me are the people with power. So I'm going to keep them close. Like I'm going to have everybody living here. Um, it's like, so he's a control freak who loves boats. Who loves boats it's like a, it's like the original like real world road rules challenge where they just move everyone like into this house oh and God. then they're like let's see what happens no no don't you that you should never have
1: brought that up because i totally have been on paramount watching the challenge all-stars so like mark and his like freaking 50s wearing a godfather hat and like re-watching old challenges and just hating on johnny bananas so that. Oh, my gosh.
0: No, that,
1: that could be an episode, too, because let me tell you, race and gender
0: on the challenge is very problematic. Yeah. Uh, but be, so it's like he just creates like this little bubble, this little like, you know, unrealistic world around him um, that he can kind of just control what he thinks is the narrative around him. So she goes to Versailles um, and like, so they know, and they go to, she goes to Versailles and she's already like in there. Oh, she's Austrian. We already don't like her. Like she's already like, people are like, well, fuck her already. Like she hasn't even become queen yet. She won't be queen for like another seven or eight years, I think. Um, So Marie Antoinette and Louis the 16th are married. Okay. So she's 14 and he's 15 when they're married, um, which is gross. Yeah, um, I they, mean, even when
1: you account for like that, things happen differently. <laughs> sure, in time, and I, I gross. get it, right?
0: People didn't live as long, and da 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 da, da but still, it's still, it's still, yeah. it's still a little gross. It doesn't uh, And they have the whole bedding ceremony that they. Did back then with royal families, um, where because there's like all this pressure to like have sex the first night you get married because it's like, okay, make more babies, make more heirs to the throne, let's go, 15 year olds. <laughs> um, which
1: wait, 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 wait. So I remember watching this like CW <laughs> show called like Rain, right? Yeah, you know, whatever, it wasn't great, but basically, they made them like copulate in front of people. Is mm. that what we're saying?
0: So it had changed. Yeah, that was the way it was for a very long time. At this time, they still just kind of do like the theatrics where they like dress them and they bring them to the room and then they draw the bed curtains, but then everybody leaves. But it's just like, it's still like they have, they still have the ceremony. And, you know, I think people do still check like the bedding the day after to see. It's still awkward. It's still gross. Yeah. It doesn't start off great for them because again, they are teenagers. Like they are married, they're teenagers. She's like, in this whole new place from all accounts louis is like a very sensitive boy (laughs) he's like okay very sweet he's very he's not really interested in uh, like being king he i guess he was really interested in like lock picking and lock making like he was very interested in like that was his hobby um so they don't actually have kids for the first seven years of their marriage. And I'm going to give you a guess as to who you think that reflects poorly on. So I'm guessing Marie Antoinette is too. Blatant. It's Marie Antoinette. It's her fault. Yes. Um, so, but from all accounts, like they just like, they don't have sex in the beginning because they're kids. They don't know what they're doing. They don't want to. It's weird. They don't know each other. They're both like, we like sensitive. And then, um, so also, you know, honestly, that's a good lock to pick.
1: <laughs> 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 but whatever.
0: That was a terrible... So yeah, so from the get-go, like, she's already failing in the eyes of the royal court. Like, they were like, okay, this is kind of, like, your chance to be like, it's okay, I'm Austrian. Like, I'm going to make a bunch of babies for you guys. Um, so they, like um so yeah her, so her one job is to be the alliance between austria and france and then to keep that alliance is to make babies the citizens of france probably didn't care as much at that time that she wasn't getting pregnant because they were like already pretty tired of the monarchy in general um but it's not helping her case either uh, it actually starts like pretty much the first tabloids in france I was uh, going to say, so they're, like,
1: wanting the, like, baby pictures really. Yes. Like, yeah. You know, so there's you know.
0: characters and there's comics. And it's very funny that you said the joke about the lock because, like, they run with that, like, pretty hard. Like, he, like, she's the lock. He can't pick, like, all this stuff. But it really does start, like, these pamphlets, like, start circulating. And it essentially is, like, the first time you see tabloids, like, in the press. Like, is about this young couple that, like aren't having sex and aren't conceiving. Um, and it wow. really does start. It really starts like the gossip and like sensationalist writing that we still have today. That's so wild. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Okay. All right. Yep. Um, so they go on that. Like I said, they go on for about seven years, um, but actually what, what they think happened now too, it's not like concrete, but, um, what everyone is kind of in agreement is that Louis the 16th actually suffered from a medical condition. Oh, um, where his foreskin wouldn't retract completely. So it actually like physically hurt him to get aroused. And so no wonder he didn't want to have sex. Right. So he's associating it with pain every time. No. I'm like, sure he did not feel like he had probably had anybody he could talk to about it. Um, but eventually he does have a procedure, which I'm guessing is like a circumcision. (laughs) They start having sex and they end up having four kids.
1: That makes me think of, um, Netflix has this show, I think it's called bling empire. (laughs) And one of the, the women, her husband's family, like just straight up hated her because she didn't have a baby for years. Mm -hmm. And she held the secret for years that it was not her. No, with his fertility issues.
0: Yep. Wow. That's exactly. It. I mean, he phys- he has this physical condition like he physically like can't have sex because it hurts too much. But everyone's like, oh, it's her. Oh, it's her fault. Like she's already screwing up. Like she's not going to give us an air like
1: this is really... sad for both of them because it's not right. like he can go to his grandpa like and talk <laughs> to him about it. Right. Like and his
0: grandpa's like, I'm like, busy building ships. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to hear about your penis. Right. Oh, <laughs> Ugh. I feel for them both right now. I know. I. Really <laughs> um. But so, what I really liked reading about and researching is that, from all accounts, is that Marie Antoinette is actually a fantastic mother. She loves her children. Um. Mm-hmm. And royals at that time were not expected to be very involved in their children's lives. Like usually like they have their, they have them and then they're essentially taken care of by other people. Like her mom did. Exactly. Yep. So they're educated. They're, you know, there's ladies in waiting or whatever. And then they essentially take your kid, but she loved like having her, um, she loved having her kids around. She would actually go to this little like Hamlet that she kind of, so back when she was going through, I don't know if you've seen her shepherdess phase no where she's wearing a lot of like white cotton and a lot of muslin like that's like essentially like she like goes to this little like hamlet that she has to be with her kids because she just wants to be them and like be with them in like this organic environment away oh. from like prying eyes yeah um if you look at some of the portraiture it's gorgeous um so she loved yeah and then um she actually also starts involving her children in the port in her portraiture which wasn't very common at the time either usually like they were very easy it was very separate like usually it was like you have your royals and then you have the kids they not- weren't really ever together um I mean part of it probably was like she was trying to show people I think the human side of her too because at this point she's already been shown in such like a negative light for such a long time like the first seven years of her being there everyone hates her for being Austrian they hate her for not having kids and she's like look like I'm a person I'm a mother like this is a part of me and I'm kind of like wanting to show this and and, like we talked she's very creative she loves art so portraiture is like a huge part of her like a huge part of her so like incorporating her kids and it was actually like very sweet.
1: Um, it is, and it's just like she was branding too. Yes,
0: yes. Oh my god! So the first like you know hashtag like mom squad or whatever. Like, yeah. Well, like, that makes me think.
1: I mean, I know I keep saying like because there are just so many modern day comparisons. Yes, you know, a few news cycles ago, Leah Michelle was like going through it. But she was pregnant, so she started like strategically posting all of these things with like her bump and like yep. this. You know, she went from like all of these like selfies, very like face centered, to yeah. just really emphasizing that she was pregnant. And I think that that was partly to kind of like mitigate some of the some hate of the,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure I'm sure there is a PR side of it. I'm sure there's always that aspect. Yeah. You know, but um, she played it to her strengths because she actually really did love her kids. And she's like, if it's going to make people like stopping to, to dig to me all the time, like maybe this will help. But and it's from all um, from what I can tell, she really did just like children in general. Mm-hmm. Um, she was really fond of them. There's a story that when one of her um, maids died, she adopted the woman's orphan daughter. Um, who she and then that daughter became a companion um, to Marie's own daughter. Mm-hmm. Um similarly when an usher and his wife suddenly died, Marie adopted their three children paying for the two girls to enter a convent while the third became a companion for her, one of her sons. Wow. Yeah. So she was very, like, she was a very giving person, especially when it came to children. Um, um, so yes, we talked about like along, so she loved having her portrait done. Um, and we talked about how, so, you know, how she was very young. She loved music and dance. um, and basically as soon as she gets to Versailles she's like this is your job as a queen is you are beautiful you go to engagements you are the hostess with the mostest like you are there to be rich and opulent you are there for people to adore so she's like okay I'm gonna put my creative spin on things and um she is. T- so this is where she kind of becomes like the first like influencer like this is where she really like uses her powers to like uplift people she essentially creates the job of a personal stylist like, so she like leans in she's she leaning into, into it she was like okay like if this is my job I'm gonna at least like do what I can to like enjoy it a little bit yeah um like in some of her portraits it's like she's very Carrie Bradshaw where she has like a boat like in her hair <laughs> you know <Those> <laughs> Like, she has all these crazy wigs and hairstyles and very, like, ornate dresses. Um, Because, again, it's, like, what she was told to do. Um, And, yes, she was spending a lot of money on of these, like, stylists and fashions. But, again, she is told that that's what she's supposed to be doing. Um, And then, so, she's creating, like, these. And so, part of it, because she is putting this spin on it, I feel like, It makes her very iconic and that's why it resonates so heavily even still today as being very out of touch and very wealthy because these were styles that no one had ever seen before and she's like saying like look at me and really when she's just being creative in the realm that she was told to be. And like, like, yes, she was spending a lot of money when like people were starving. Like, yes, that was happening. I'm not saying that wasn't, but I think that a huge part of it and why people were like, you are the problem. Like this right here is a problem is because it was so iconic.
1: Like, well, I also am guessing. So where her mom was really engaged in yes. running Austria and yep. had like a, a political sense. Marie Antoinette was not trained with any sorts of political yes. savvy. Nope. And she's coming there really young and being told that this is your job. Mm -hmm. So, like, I I don't think, like, she was experienced in any way to kind of be tuned in to anything else. No.
0: No. Yes. Again, like, they stripped her of, like, anything she maybe would have been otherwise at a very, very young age. So, she's trying to roll with it. And also, like, to the side, too, of, like, she would... um drive consumer, she actually was trying to do her part. She would drive consumers to these businesses and try to like elevate their standing in society. But nobody talks about, nobody talks about it. Right. So like, she would be like, so this, guy over here gave me the um linens to make this dress and this lady styled my hair and this is the apothecary where I got my perfumes like she was like hashtagging people she was hashtagging like hashtag ad hashtag sponsored like and it did help these businesses like in the royal court like she elevated a lot of people um you know, she was trying. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: it, this is amazing how similar this is to things today. Yes. It's kind of wild. It's kind it's, of wild. Because, because essentially what she was doing was hashtagging people. She was
0: hashtagging so hard, but it's being wow. like hated on for it, where now it's like kim kardashian tells you to buy the skinny tee. you shit your pants for a week and you're like it's so great though because she told me to buy it i'm so skinny i'm so skinny i can't stop shitting (laughs) and
1: she's also like so here's some diapers like fashion diapers
0: there's some synergy there's some cross promotion right there exactly so she is like Marie right. Antoinette is, like, trying. She's, like, uh, you know, like, she even, like, she, and she's not unaware of what's going on around her. Like, she gave liberally to charity. Um, she established a home for unwed mothers. She patronized a society for aged, widowed, and blind. Um, she made frequent visits to poor families. Um, she, during the famine of 1787, she was actually, like, under the radar, sold the royal flatware to provide grain to struggling families. Um Which, again, like, she didn't, she shouldn't have had to have done that. It should have been the people in charge being like, let's figure out how to feed these people. And she's like, well, what if we sold some of our fucking silverware? I've
1: never, ever heard anything like that about her. So she was included probably to, like, the political nature of, um her husband and his family's role in this, but she was clued in that these things were happening. She
0: was very clued into these things happening, but at the same time, she's kind of telling Louis the 16th, like, are you taking care of this? Because it seems like there's a lot of like shit going on. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like I got it. Like I got it. And like, uh, unfortunately that was kind of the capacity of her role. Like she's doing what she can. She's donating what she can, but she does to a certain extent, like feel very limited. And is like being told by her husband, the king, that he's taking care of this stuff. Yeah. Um, she's not in on the meetings, you know? Yeah. She's, she's not included in the meeting, but it kind of also does establish what I would didn't think of before is how like that role is almost, is still very prevalent today. Like in our political structure. I mean, it's like every, I mean, every first lady that we've had has essentially been the charity worker, you know, giving back to the, like the, they essentially, like, she had that going from the start. Right. And uh, and it sucks because obviously like we are more than that. Like that's not, that shouldn't be the only role we play, but you can still very, like you can still see it very much in today's political society. Like that, yeah. that is the role women play. And it's not a bad thing. Like at least someone's doing it. At least someone's like trying to help people. Cause all of these guys can't stop like circle jerking about like, who's going to get a bigger tax break. Who's going to be best. <laughs> Who's going to be best? Like, at least, like, they're like, what if we help, like, you know, people who need help? I don't know. Call me crazy. Wild. <laughs> Wild. Uh, okay. So, I digress. So, she's in Versailles, 365, 24-7. Um, like I said, it's this gossip mecca. They, these pamphlets start circulating. Like, there's this very, like, Lady down esque vibe Ooh, good going good. on. Like... That that shit like existed. Like these goths, it was there. Well, they um, had nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. In the same way that when you were like sick on the couch and you watched nothing but like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, they had nothing to do. So they just were like, What's going on with Marie Antoinette? Like, what is she getting up to today? Today. Today. Um, so there's, there's like, I mean, there were crazy stories about her. Um, she was a lesbian. She was a sexual deviant. Um, the only time that one of her family members comes to visit her is a brother of hers. Um, and it is just assumed that, oh, well, he visited. So she's an Austrian spy. Like he didn't visit because he like missed her. Loved or, her. Loved her. Hadn't seen her in, you know, 10, 15 years. They were like, nope, Austrian spy. espionage Espionage. oh my god so they like they just have that they say whatever the fuck they want about her and they can because you can't because like there's something she can't refute it like she can't she's supposed to again just be this like very like stoic well she
1: can't go and do an interview with oprah she can't (laughs) go and do an interview with oprah
0: and have everyone be like what the fuck right oh my god Uh, so So this brings me to the most fascinating story I think I've ever heard. I double checked to make sure it wasn't made up because it seems so crazy. Um, But so just all of that is kind of like a precursor, right? So no one has ever particularly warmed to her, even though she's just doing her job. She's just trying to like be queen of France, do what they tell her to do, but still be somewhat philanthropic, like be a good mother, it doesn't matter. She'll always be an outsider. They will always find a reason to not like whatever it is that she's doing, um, and like things in France, like are not going great throughout like her tenure right. as queen. Um, you know, still so
1: poverty. Things, yeah, are not it never point.
0: gets better after the Seven Years' War. They never recover um like there's constant famine people are really struggling people are dying it's just like Paris is like filthy like people are just dying it's awful it's awful so you have like everyone else and then you have people living in Versailles and that's it and they're so out of touch with what's going on around them like and like I said like Louis XVI was like a shitty king and then Oh, sorry, Louis the 14th and then Louis the 16th his dad dies so he ends up becoming king a lot sooner than they thought he would have and he just has no interest like he doesn't he never he like I said he was like the sensitive kid he really never had any interest in it and he just surrounds himself with people that want to be king and whoever like talks Ooh. the loudest he's like all right let's go with that idea And the guy next to him will be like, well, I think she does this instead. And he's like, okay, let's do that instead. That actually sounds better. Whoever's the last in the room is pretty much. And so it just, it's just, it continues to get better. The feeling towards the monarchy just keeps going down and down and down. But Louis is never in these pamphlets. He's never in these salacious papers. It's only Marie Antoinette. She is becoming the face of the monarchy. She is the face of the monarchy. She she has no control. It doesn't matter that things have been shitty for hundreds of years i mean jesus the french monarchy fuck like there's so many shitty things that happened that were even before she was queen but like i said she's just this iconic figure she's just this person that's like she's just a figurehead um so all of this kind of comes to a head um when we talk about the diamond necklace the diamond necklace the affair of the diamond necklace yes Have you ever heard of it? Anything about it? No, we're deep into some stuff that I have never heard. All right. Whew. Okay. It's, oh my God. Like this would have been an episode like of Bridgerton or something. Like, (laughs) or like a scandal was set in 1772. All right. So it's 1772. Louis the 15th is still king. um, uh, Marie Antoinette's husband's grandfather. Um, There we go. So, and he has a mistress and, like, the mistress, yes. And actually, what I found was very interesting is Marie Antoinette's husband, Louis XVI, never took a mistress. Well, I was curious about that. Did this ever become a love match or was it just like they're kind of I think they became very I think they were honestly just best friends like I think they were very fond of each other like I think okay. it was like they weren't it wasn't romantic love but they generally did love and respect each other um I think because they did grow up together um but the mistress uh like that was like a paid position in France if you were the king's oh, mistress okay. like yeah you got a pay you had a paycheck you had a place to live like everything was covered oh, okay. yeah yeah you don't see that job on ideal. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. How many times has like some woman been like completely slandered in the press for being a mistress? It's like this was a government-held position in France. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So um, okay, so okay, so Louis the 15th has this mistress, um, Mad- Madame Duberry, and he's like, I freaking love you. You are the best mistress ever. I'm gonna make you this like. <laughs> amazing diamond necklace. Like he did a lot for her. Like he he built her this like crazy like chateau somewhere that I think Marie Antoinette was like gifted later and she's like I don't want that shit. Um <laughs> the leftovers. <laughs> but he's like I'm going to commission this like crazy diamond necklace. It is going to make the coup de la mer look like party jewelry. Like it's going to be fucking amazing. It costs 15 million dollars in today's money to make no so the country is starting so people literally don't have a pot to pee in and
1: and he's like I'm gonna give
0: my mistress a 15 million dollar necklace he's so out of
1: touch and wild okay okay okay
0: wow so let's just remember that let's remember that this whole thing starts because of him right and his mistress and his mistress um unfortunately between the time that it's commissioned and the time that it's finished he dies and the jewelers are now like is um, that unfortunate no yeah. it's unfortunate for marie antoinette um, I, guess so. <laughs> I guess i i it's hard to say <laughs> later it becomes very unfortunate for her yeah. um so the jewelers are like, what the fuck are we gonna do with this thing? They approach Marie Antoinette and they're like, Do you want it? Like you've got money. And she's like, I don't want his sloppy seconds. I don't want his like mistresses. And they apparently never got along. Like the Mitra- Mistress Duberry and Marie Antoinette, like did not get along ever. I think Marie Antoinette thought that she was trash. And right. uh, And meanwhile, she's like trying to sell like the silverware to like, yes, and that's exactly it. And so she's like, a don't want this necklace. It was for his mistress. I think that's gross. B, the public already hates me for no matter what I do. They already think I spend too much money when I'm literally just doing what I'm being told. No, get it away from me. I don't want it. So on the sidelines of this going on is this guy, this cardinal. I don't know, like, how shit works in France. I don't know what a cardinal means or, like, a lord or whatever. But there's this cardinal. Cardinals Cardinals are from the church. Okay. I'm not surprised. There's usually some (laughs) dicey church figure in these stories. Yeah. Oh, so surprising. Oh, yeah. So. Oh my god. I can't. I love this story so much. Okay. <laughs> so there's this Cardinal Cardinal de Rohan and he yeah. at one point I think Marie Antoinette is like maybe just going to come to France at this point but he goes as like an envoy to Austria. He's supposed to be like a, kind of like a diplomat going to like just visit another country and have like you know talks or whatever and apparently he's like a dick the whole time he's there. Yeah. He's like flirting and he's just being an asshole like you know he's being like the playboy asshole diplomat that they all tend to be he comes back from austria and he's like talking mad shit about marie antoinette's mom like he's just like saying a bunch of nasty stuff about her so marie antoinette is like we are not friends anymore you are like ousted from like our court like you're not yeah. allowed here anymore yeah. cuz you were like talking a bunch of shit about my mom and um so Which,
1: that, again if I'm not mistaken he's from the church so, so yeah not <laughs> okay.
0: very you know godly behavior no. um so so that's kind of happening like that happened a few years prior um now we're going to kind of circle back to the necklace um so we're going to bring the story to I guess I'm going to say she's like a trickster because she was like, she was essentially a modern like con woman. Like she was a thief, but she did like a long con to get stuff. So she hears about this necklace. She knows that it's like just up for the grab. She knows it's just like hanging out there and she figures out a way to get it. Um, her name is Jean de la Motte. And so she hears about the necklace and she decides it's like perfect for her and she just wants it because it's worth $15 million. And I'm sure she could get a lot of good scratch for that. For real. For real. Um, they don't know if they were just friends or if she was the cardinal's mistress. I'm going to guess she was his mistress um, just because of what she convinces him to do later. Um, but she basically tells the cardinal. Um, like I'm actually a close personal friend of Marie Antoinette's. Like, we go way back. I know that you have fallen out of her good graces. Um, since that trip you did to Austria, where like things didn't go great. Um, and he's like, he asks no questions. He's just like, Oh, really? Great, like, awesome. I didn't know you guys were friends. Like, can I give you this letter and like explain myself to her and like, can you kind of patch things up between us? Like I'm struggling to like get ahead in my Cardinal career. I got to like get back in with Marie Antoinette. And she's like, yeah, no problem.
1: Wait, is she really her friend?
0: No. Okay. Okay. So she gets this letter from the Cardinal. Um, So yeah, she's like, she's like totally like write a heartfelt letter, pleading your case and I will deliver it to her um unsurprisingly the letter never makes it to the queen because they're not friends they don't know each other i don't know how she tried to explain that they were friends in the first place um oh my god instead the cardinal starts a correspondence with who he thinks is marie antoinette but is just jean de lamotte like she and the letters between the two of them become like intimate oh no so the cardinal thinks he is having a romantic letter exchanging affair with the queen of France no like she like she catfished him like pretty no
1: oh my god this is like all the reality shows blended (laughs) into one This
0: this cardinal of France thinks he is having a romantic relationship with the queen of france
1: oh my god and i understand wanting to repair your relationship yes. after having a disastrous yes. trip but like going from your band and kicked out of right. our circle to let me have like an intimate affair with you okay
0: yep so oh, she is so although so this jean de lamotte is like writing all these letters to him and he's like i i need to meet you in person we have to be together like this romance is too strong Oh my God, this is all true. This is a true story. I just want to keep reiterating that. Oh my God. Okay. This is so salacious. All right, let's go. <laughs> um, so Jean Delamotte um, hires a prostitute who was famous at the time for resembling Marie Antoinette. And like at this no. time, like you don't really know what people look like, right? Like it's just right. like, portraits and things in like the paper and these pamphlets, but no one really, unless you're in the Royal court, you don't really know what Marie Antoinette looks like. So they hire this prostitute and <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the prostitute and the car not like they meet at dusk. Like they have this romantic rendezvous at like, or maybe with maybe like midnight or whenever. And the guard wait, didn't he know Marie Antoinette because he was a part of their circle or like he? No, because I don't think he ever made it like into her court because she had found out beforehand that he was a dick about it. Gotcha. Because I was like, wait, yes, Um, and also like they do it. It's very smart. They do it at midnight. You can't really see what's going on if there's no lighting. You know, in the gardens of Versailles um so they like meet briefly and then jean de lamont from the wings is like oh no someone is coming leave now or you'll be discovered because you know you always got to leave them wanting you got to leave them wanting more jen she is slick man oh my god she is so this whole time jean de lamont is extorting money from cardinal de rohan like she's under the guise of marie Antoinette, saying like i have all these charities like will you please donate money like people are really struggling and like de lamont is just like pocketing it all so (laughs) So after the rendezvous you know the cardinal is like smitten he's like i am so in love and well, she's getting, like, hooked up with the queen? The queen of France. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And so that's when De La Motte, like, she pulls the trigger. She's like, okay, this is, I'm going to ask for the necklace. And she says, so she tells the Cardinal, like, I really want this necklace, but I can't buy it because of, like, bad press. It would affect really poorly on me because people already think I spend too much money. If you buy it for me, I will pay you back. So he buys a okay. necklace. Wait,
1: I'm yes. sorry. Okay, few yes. things, few questions. Yes. He's yes. like a cardinal. Yes. So where is he I
0: getting the money? I have no idea. Yeah. But he figures it out and he buys it for her. And but also like, do be crazy because like <laughs>
1: she's like, please donate to my charity. I need you to give sorry. money for this. I'm so concerned about mm-hmm. the struggles of the people of France. But I want this
0: necklace. Yes.
1: Money, please. Money, please. Come on.
0: He does it. Dude is blinded by the vagine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. He buys the necklace. Wow. Delivers the necklace to a guy in Versailles who he assumes is like the queen's servant, but it's actually De La (laughs) Motte's boyfriend. And they bounce. Lamar and her boyfriend are fucking out of there. They're like, peace. We got the divorce. We're gone. So, and he's like, this is weird. Like Marie Antoinette, like she's not paying me back. She's not responding to any of my letters, and he's like freaking out because he's out fifteen million dollars. So he goes to court, and he approaches her, and he's like, um, I know we said we wouldn't talk in public because like our love is so private, and I don't want you to get in trouble, but like you need to start paying me back. And she's like, what the are you talking about oh my god like I think you're disgusting I would never have had an affair with you um also you thought the process a prostitute was the queen like people need to know about this shit like this is fucked up and so and she also she's actually so this sucks this sucks so much because she is what I think, like, she was trying to do was trying to be smart and get ahead of it. And, like, you know, when like people even like now, it's like you try to get ahead of a story, right? So they like, like leak
1: stories and stuff right. like so that. So she's like, yeah. I'm
0: going to put it out there first. I'm going to say that this happened. I had no part of it. I didn't want this freaking necklace. This guy is an idiot who got <laughs> catfished. I wanted no part of it. The press takes a story, they spin it on their head and somehow twist it into the story about how it was a huge ploy that was curated by marie antoinette to get the necklace somehow she had a hand in this entire thing and that she had hired jean de lamotte to frame the cardinal because of her she passed with him um and she just wanted the necklace all along because because the original story wasn't good enough like, in the original story, people would feel bad for her. Right. like, she's being But mute. also, too, it makes this Cardinal look like a fucking idiot. Because he's a fucking idiot.
1: He is, though. For many reasons. But you many can't many have reasons. that. Can't have yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> and so this is essentially, this is the nail in Marie Antoinette's, like, PR coffin. Like, after that, people are done. This is about four years Before her execution, like it never repairs after that. It never, it never, people just, that's it. From then on, like if people were even like lukewarm towards her, they didn't know how they felt, like after this, they were like, well, how do you come back from you guys are starving? Yep. You
1: guys have nothing, mm-hmm. and I need a pretty necklace,
0: right? And there's no outlet for her, like you were saying. She didn't have an Oprah. She didn't have right. someone to say, like, no, guys. Like even when she did, there's all of this press, and there's all of these pamphlets just going around saying. She didn't whatever even they have want. a Gail King. No, she had nothing. She had nothing. Nothing. She. There was wow. no way of her to defend herself. Wow. Um. Uh. So that whole story just—I couldn't. I couldn't believe it when I heard it and how somehow this all like comes back and is somehow her fault. So like, so that was kind of like the beginning of the end, essentially for her, right. for her, you know, the way that she was perceived, like she never really comes back for that. So let's talk about the eating of the cake. The infamous. Cause that's the like infamous-
1: what I think, if you know anything about me, Marie-, Marie Antoinette, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. the
0: cake. Okay. So a couple things. things. Um, she doesn't ever, she never actually said it. Oh, <laughs> she never actually said it. Um, the story was completely made up. It was propaganda that was made up and used against Marie Antoinette and the Maranaki. And it shows just how powerful propaganda can be considering it's been a hundred, 250 years later. And that is still the thing that she is most famous for. Wow. And she didn't even say it. Um, The first time that phrasing actually appears um, wasn't even in relation to Marie Antoinette. It was written like 20 years before her or someone she was queen. Um, There's this... um, Swiss-born philosopher, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, um, and he writes in his autobiography, like he talks a lot about like wealth inequality. Um, mm-hmm. And he says, I remember hearing this story once about a princess who, when they told that peasants couldn't afford bread, she said, let them eat cake. And so at some point, the press, takes that they use it like using it towards her because and it very well could have just started off like, well, this guy said it 20 years ago about royalty and it's still happening today, but it sticks with us hundreds yeah. of years later. No, absolutely. That's that's wild. Okay. Um and at the time, um yeah, so Mar- I think at the time her Marie Antoinette was about like 10 years old. Like she's not even betrothed to be queen at this point. Um but it it is interesting because it shows you like I said like it shows like the like tensions were already real towards the monarchy when she was a yeah. child like way before she was even queen like she was going to come to a head eventually well,
1: because people were probably tired of royals getting them engaged in these wars that didn't benefit them or have anything to do right. with their real life. Like we're talking about yeah, it was on the heels
0: of the American Revolution. You know, like we had just right. had a success here and Louis Sixteenth had actually given a lot of money to the American Revolution because he hated Britain so much. And then people were right. like, uh, yeah, we could do that like we're still here and we we're could still here hear some and what's interesting too is actually when they say it for her the propaganda it's let her let them eat brioche it's not even cake
1: oh brioche is so good brioche. sorry <laughs> i haven't had what i haven't had words? dinner yet so. <laughs> oh my god why is it
0: 930? because there's nova <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're almost done no, it's good. I'm good. <laughs> um, but uh, brioche is one of those words where I, when I whenever I hear it, I like start salivating a little bit. Like I just think about like its buttery texture.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so French words are just awesome in general, right. like cuisine brioche, brioche, like,
0: just, just all like song. dripping in butter, yeah. Oh <laughs> brioche. Um all right, so so that was the big let them eat cake, you know. So really, anything, and it just shows anything that they were like threw at her, it stuck. Like that was just at that point, that was it. Um, so um, um, but yeah, so like I said, like, like we we're saying, like whatever they they threw at her, it stuck. And yes, like she was in a lot of ways very out of touch but I just want to like from what I was reading about her and I listened to a couple other podcasts about her and I don't think she was cruel at all like I think that she was like she had she did have several charities to support orphans and would consistently tell the king that like there was shit he needed to fix um you know, she really did try to care for those around her as much as she could. And she really did try to do her best. But she was kind of like the victim of her circumstances in a lot of ways.
1: And ultimately, um, she didn't have any decision making, you know. She didn't.
0: And I think it's really easy for us to look back and say, like, well, I would have done things differently. And I would have done this. And I would have done that. But it's like, but do we really know? No, because we weren't there living that life. And she, I think, to a certain extent, she was just trying her best. Best, like she was just being doing what she was being told to do,
1: right? And then concurrently, Louis the Sixteenth was in the same position, except actually had power. But right. so you're not seeing any like caricatures. No, of him. people
0: did not hate him nearly as much as
1: they hated her, right? And meanwhile, like he's the one that actually can make the decisions, right? That impact their livelihood. So that's fascinating. There was
0: no need, like they were in no position to help the American Revolution. There was there was no money that but they they yeah. did it because because he hated France, because his granddaddy lost the war to them. Like, you know, it's like petty bullshit. But like because he's behind the scenes and he's not out there like being this figurehead like no one ever talks about him nobody talks about louis the 16th do everyone just talks about we knew
1: yeah. you could just said like if so you get a piece of trivia that's like who is the king of france you just say guess louis and then stick a number next stick to a number it. next to it yeah right and you, yeah or the so... eighth because he
0: like was it the
1: eighth who chopped off all the heads yes yes yeah, yeah. but you know basically am, but... they're like after that before and after they're pretty like non-memorable right. and yeah. Here we are.
0: 100%. And I also think it's just easier for us to hate women. I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like it's just, we're an easier target again, because like her role, like that was her role and her job is to be out there and very much stay. Like I, I mean, this is a very, you're like really pretty. Like I'll be like exhausted at the end of the day, feeling like shit about myself, about my body. I ate too much today. I'm puffy because I had too much salt. And then I see some beautiful girl on Instagram who is out there selling some beauty product and I hate her for it in that moment. I hate her for it. I think that this is something that like, it's so fascinating to me because we
1: actually do have quite a bit of male listeners. um, Yes,
0: we do. But like in reality, like you go, girl, you sell that product on Instagram. If you are at a position where you have like elevated yourself and that's how you're like living your life, like fine. There's obviously like some toxicity to it and you shouldn't be giving out like, diet advice if you're not like a nutritionist or stuff like that. But at the same time, like I shouldn't, you know, I do have that automatic reaction of like, well, she's better off than I am. So it's her fault. Right. And we have some personality, uh, personal responsibility
1: and reflecting on, yes. right. But that does take time and that yeah. takes time to like self-actualize and, and, and build that empathy. I think like we are saying, we do have a lot of male listeners. And the common thing that comes back to me is like, what's so hard about that question or that statement? You're like, so you're like really pretty. Like, why is that so loaded? It just baffles them. And yet for every like woman I speak to, no matter like race, age, like position, they
0: get that. (laughs) They they get get it. it. They They get get it it. because it can be so fast. Like it can be so quick in our heads to automatically think that it's, their fault that I'm tired and I'm not making as much money or whatever, you know? And it's like, and I think that that was the problem with Marie Antoinette. Like people were starving and they were hungry and they were poor. They're getting, You're not going to differentiate
1: at that point.
0: They're no, they're they're getting no help from their government. And then she's there like doing her thing. And they're like, that's it. That's the problem. Like she is the visualization of the monarchy. In all of its faults, like, and it just yeah. she couldn't shake it no matter, like, she, she was, was a, a symptom of
1: the problem, yes, but yeah. not the actual. But like, people
0: kind of forget, like, she was a person too, <laughs> and yeah. that's like what. And I think that that's something that we try to talk about and investigate more in this show is there is a person behind our assumptions about them,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, so, so anyways,
1: <laughs> I digress.
0: The French Revolution comes to an end. Um, Louis is executed by the guillotine. Um, after Louis's execution, oh, I don't even want to talk about this. This is so sad. Marie Antoinette is moved to this French prison. And I think she lives there for a few months, like six to nine months, maybe, Whoa. while her trial is happening. Um, and they essentially, like, torture her with her children. Like, she's made to listen to them being, like hurt and they just like break her down mentally like it's it's pretty terrible what they do to her um, but eventually on October 17th 1793 Marie Antoinette is brought to the guillotine um, in the center of France um, she's executed for treason and her last words uh, she accidentally steps on the executioner's shoes and she says I'm sorry sir I didn't mean to do it and you know what that makes me think of
1: is the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can I order this?
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Like, I'm sorry for existing. I'm sorry. I mean, obviously this is a bigger thing. Right.
0: Wow. Yep. So that is unfortunately the sad ending to Marie Antoinette, who was the last queen of France Mm -hmm. and who I think we can learn a lot from and maybe stop living so much in the destruction of celebrities <laughs>
1: yeah I mean, well going back to the Reese Witherspoon, you know mm-hmm. story I think that it is really interesting who we decide to build up and who we decide to take yes out. and it's like how do you make that distinction sure. between who deter- you know deserves to yeah. be called America's sweetheart and who doesn't right uh
0: and I think that I mean what I'm trying to do a lot lately more lately is like I think that If they're not hurting, if they're not hurting anyone, then like I just kind of feel like then let them do their thing. Like, like I said, like there's a lot of issues with people promoting those diet teas because they're just trying to like sell you this product that is probably really bad for you. It's going to give you like some body complex, like that kind of stuff, or like anything that's harmful that you're putting out there, I think is like someone that you can say, like, you know what, I don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. But if it's also out there, someone out there just trying to like, do their thing you know but they're not hurting anyone like maybe we can just let them be a little bit
1: yeah and I mean (laughs) that's it's just it's so confusing because I know that like there definitely are a lot of influencers out there who seem to be not causing harm and yet they are true True. but maybe they're promoting other things or yeah And then maybe on deeper reflection, like the fact that we're all, all, all like promoting the best sides of ourselves. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Like, (laughs) so there's so many layers to it. There's so many layers to it. Because I'm sure Marie Antoinette was never allowed to show the true side of herself and maybe who she wanted to, to be no she wasn't really allowed to she was you know that's why I do I do really love her for showing her creative side and her portraits and she had like her different phases and you know periods of you know different fashion and styles and like I I do love and appreciate her for that that she was like I'm gonna try and make this my own as much as I can Yeah,
1: absolutely. And no matter, like, how you break it down, whether you think that she was super to blame or just kind of to blame on the, whatever. The breakdown, though, is (laughs) that she became the face of this entire entity that was causing poverty for other people. Right, right. And is that wholly fair, no matter how you feel about her? No. No. And how often is that what happens is that, like, as women, we become the face of things that, that people don't like.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is a so different, you know, there has like, been- you know, like I don't know, like the whole like Marjorie Taylor green thing, right? Like, I mean, this is going to, this probably isn't very much on a brand, but I think she sucks. Like, I think she sucks in a lot of way, but I think that she has talked about more than the men that are in her same position saying the same thing. She's become the face of it. And then also there's a lot of
1: people doing more undercover, deeply distressing work. Yes. But she's the face of it. Yes. So no, no way are we giving her a pass.
0: Like, no, just, no, like, no,
1: I'm no. Clear. But the, it is easier to kind of like put this female face to these things that.
0: Look that over here. Don't look over here look over right. here look who's right. being loud and oh look at this lady saying all these crazy things. Well we actually do all this crazy shit that she's talking about right and we've been yes and we've been, been doing, doing
1: we've been doing all this crazy <laughs> been shit doing it
0: about. oh
1: yeah
0: I mean like this is uh, I feel like we probably could have talked about this for like four hours like this could have been like no, a multi-part episode. <laughs>
1: Well, this is first of all, like the story of the necklace is like straight out of like yes. They canceled all my children. I was deeply sad, <laughs> and, and this like basically could have been all my children. Yes, this is great. Um, I I just I think it's 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 a wild story for sure. It's yes. super super interesting, and yet it's so reflective of so much of what's going on. Two hundred and fifty years later, yeah, like so reflective of what continues to go yeah. on. Yeah, and I, I just think that in general, are. like
0: we need to stop like fantasizing and glamorizing like the destruction of a woman. Like we need to like let people heal, and if they like if you have a breakdown, have that like let them have that breakdown in private yeah, and yeah. I think, like, I will say
1: I see some movement because I, I feel see like some seem like some reflection on how yeah. we see her. we talked about this in the first episode, actually, like Monica Lewinsky. Yes, um, there really has been a reframing on how we have seen her yeah. through that story. Uh, even um Paris Hilton, there's been some reflection yeah. On her. And like some of the actual trauma that she experienced and influenced how she yeah. um, developed as a reality TV star, uh, so I do see some improvement. Yeah, but it's like, wow, we could have basically <laughs> like this could we could have switched some names out, and this wouldn't be too dissimilar to the yes,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent, wild, wild, I, it's wild. And you know what? On a
1: less celebrity-driven like path, yeah. I do think we do this to other people too. Yep. Right. So I I was actually,
0: so I was actually thinking about that the other day and I, and even how I, even just like, even just this past year and doing this podcast with you, like, I feel like it's changed my perspective in a lot of ways. Like, so I, (laughs) I got beat up pretty bad in the ninth grade by this girl. Like it was a, it was bad. I got my ass whooped because because some I don't know I think someone said I called her a slut and I didn't but they were just like let me call some shit yeah and know that's a whole nother story but I remember for years after that I wished her nothing but the worst and I saw that she was like I think maybe like a single mother later and 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 I said some pretty bad things. Oh, well, that's what you get for being such a bitch in high school. And it's like, that's a terrible thing to say and think about someone. But I was so hurt about what had happened to me. God knows what she was going through when we were that age. Being a single mother is, I can't even imagine how hard that is. And everyone's journey in life, whether you're a single parent, whatever, you're a two-parent home, you're a five-parent, whatever. Like, I just, and thinking about it now, I'm like, oh my God, I, I almost hate to even admit it, but I am at least like not, I don't want to say happy, but I'm glad that I can look at it now and say that was not the right mentality to have. Everyone in that situation was hurting and I can't try to make myself feel better if like she wasn't doing good in her own life.
1: Lizzie, but that's so real. I think that's so real. And I do think that's what comes with age, ideally, Mm -hmm. right? Age when we're touring and we're thinking more differently um, than we did in the past. Yeah. I I know there was this girl that was really mean to me in like seventh and eighth grade. And I held such anger towards (sighs) her. So that when she friended me on Facebook, I was insulted that she would even request me. Right. And she's got like a beautiful family. And I'm like, oh.
0: And that's the other but, side of it too, right? You're like,
1: how dare she have a beautiful, how family? Dare she have a beautiful family? She's a good person. right? <laughs> because just the same as I changed from seventh and eighth grade, yes, just the same as I changed from like being 26 to where I am now, yeah, I've changed even from a year ago, we're all ideally growing and getting better as human beings. And if we keep like getting stuck in how we see somebody, yep. then we're not just pigeonholing them, we're pigeonholing ourselves yeah yeah so this this is a great story Liz I'm so glad like you did thank you for your deep
0: dive into history for this <laughs> so a deep dive like I did take a pause halfway through because I was like this was literally like the day after I had had my surgery and I was the, the anesthesia was like still in my system I literally like passed out with my laptop like in my hand like on the couch it's like <laughs> like so, people listening, we really love our podcast and we do the work. We do the work. We really do. Coming back from surgery, I was like, I can do this.
1: And you did. And, and I, I did. Thank you. That. That's awesome. And that's the thing. A lot of times people
0: don't see the work. So, <laughs> that's the thing. A lot of times we don't see the work. We can think that someone just took this beautiful picture on Instagram and there happened and their life is just beautiful and organic. And there was probably a lot of work that went behind that photo. So
1: absolutely with anything, I think about it. Sometimes some of my favorite pictures of my son, like less than 10 minutes before he was wiling out. Right. So right. I've captured we get like totally wiling out like totally like just like having a wild rumpus and then oh. he settles down and you get this like very sweet moment and this very sweet picture right but all that other stuff still exists yeah
0: but so maybe no we should knows. kind of start putting out a little more of the like not so pretty stuff
1: yeah because yeah. everything's not so pretty all the time yeah
0: I like, but posted is- like that. I posted like a yoga video the other day and I was like of me falling out of a yoga pose because I just thought it was so funny. I was like, this is what people need to see. Like, it's not like I know how to do this stuff like all the time. Well, the, the video that you posted with
1: fluff, like interrupting your yoga was literally one of the favorite things I saw that entire week, entire week. She was not having it.
0: She doesn't. She's like, mom, she does not feel like she's got a strong feeling about influencers. So we can't have her on the podcast.
1: My cats, too. They used to be into it, but now they're like, we're tired of our picture. Paparazzi needs to leave. Get out. Just, yeah. Just get um, out. I feel like my Instagram oh. is less dominated by my cats. And it's not because I don't want to. It's simply because, like, as soon as I try to take a picture, they move.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, this was a, this was a heavy episode. This is a long episode. Thank yeah. you for skipping your dinner to record it with me. And <laughs> you just- know what's
1: going to happen, Liz, because now I've gotten really hungry and I've had a
0: few glasses yeah. of wine. I'm totally getting calmed. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. Can you put that around like a brioche? Like, can, can you cut open a brioche bread and stuff it with cheese oh, and tomato sauce? Wait, 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 Hot tip for our listeners. <laughs>
1: And uh, our, our our bestie, Danielle, will tell you that this is the dopest thing ever. Okay. You're going to melt some butter, <laughs> some red pepper flakes, put your brioche bread, oh, like take shit. it, put it all, baste your brioche bread in it, throw some goat cheese, a little bit of mozzarella, oh my God. and honey. <laughs> Best grilled cheese sandwich you will ever Oh, my God. That I mean, there is no better grilled cheese sandwich than that. So, any listener listening, please oh. give us
0: feedback if you do yes. make the sandwich. Because oh I'm yeah, a- let's do our plug, right? So, listen yeah. to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Tell your friends about us. We're yes. fun. Super We're fun. fun. We're super fun. You learn some history. Like this is honestly like the most history I've learned in probably twelve years. So if you feel like maybe you missed out a bit in your public education, we're here for you. We're here for you. And and if you made it all the way to the end, you also learned the recipe for the dopest, the dopest, the dopest grilled, grilled cheese ever. Grilled so grilled you get history. You get political savvy. You get tips to be a better human and person and communicator. You get it all. You get Everything. it all on this podcast. Everything. Everything. So Everything. tell your friends. Tell your family, tell your coworkers. I think majority of people will like us. If we don't, tell your cat, tell your cat, everybody, everybody, we love you. Comment on us. Tell us, tell us your favorite grilled cheese recipe. Yeah. Your favorite grilled cheese recipe.
1: And maybe even your favorite celebrity that you think got a bad rap. Yes. Tell us where. Yes. I love that. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Go have your
0: calzone. I
1: think I will.
0: <laughs> Everybody you. Thinks I exclusively
1: eat grilled cheese and Kelsons and I promise you I eat non-dairy things. Funny.
0: <laughs> but we usually record on the weekends and weekends are for cheese. That's right. Week- <laughs> weekends are for cheese. Yes. I love you. I'm glad
1: you're feeling better. I love you too. Bye. Bye.